Welcome to Last Weekly, where we talk, laugh, and sometimes bitch about the highs and lows of the past week, including Has the host of The Masked Singer been masking his anti-Semitism? Is Oscar winner Viola Davis regretting being helpful? Why are some celebrities blackballing black beans? Is Kanye West planning a birthday party surprise? Why is the creator of The Wizarding World of Harry Potter trying to make cancel culture disappear? And have you been chilling with Netflix most watched movies and more? I'll be recapping the week with my two incredible co-hosts, Anthony Tone Show Nunez. Even this show has a mask on, Kevin. Make sure to wear that. <laughs> and regular last weekly contributor, Chatachi Egwu. It's a good thing this is a podcast because we are really social distancing. <laughs> <laughs> It is real, unlike some uh, game show hosts think. But anyway, let's get the party started, you guys. Um, Let's get right into it, because we have so much this episode to cover. Um, All right, so let's talk about Nick Cannon. Nick Cannon got into some major trouble this week on his own podcast. Everybody has a podcast, not as good as ours. But they're still they're still out there. Um, <laughs> so, um, so let's talk about the mass singer host Nick Cannon, Mariah Carey's ex. I bet she was thinking this week, like, "Whew, I dodged a bullet." All right. So he actually had not only did he have that job, and he also had the, the job on Wilding Out on uh, VH1, but he also has a syndicated talk show that's going to be coming this September. If we're still around this September as in, you know, the United States. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, so he got in trouble for saying anti-Semitic things. Let's talk about some of the things he actually said. He was actually on his podcast and he had some former member of Public Enemy, Richard Professor Griffin, referencing the ideas of Louis Farrakhan. He said that people who have the lack of pigment are a little less than those who do. And they have a lack of compassion He continued, they're acting out of fear. They're acting out of low self-esteem. They're acting out of deficiency. So therefore, the only way they can act is evil. They have to rob, steal, rape in order to survive. Cannon also espoused anti-Semitic conspiracy theories about the Rothschilds and the bloodlines that control everything even outside of america he said that black people are the true hebrews so needless to say some of his corporate overlords were not happy on monday viacom cbs parted ways with canon they actually had renewed his show wilding out for three additional seasons so that is now over the mass singer is on fox he's the host of that and they weren't happy either but he seemed to take a different tact with them than he did with viacom because he came out really hard against viacom initially but when it came to fox he changed his tune because i guess that job paid just way too much he's been releasing apologies tone do you have any of his apologies from twitter i do have some of his apologies um there were there were there was a lot of tweets with apologies in them so i'm gonna uh, uh, touch on some of the last ones. 
Um, he said, I want to assure my, uh, I want to assure my Jewish friends, new and old, that this is only the beginning of my education. I'm committed to the deeper connections, more profound learning and strengthening the bond between our two cultures today and every day going forward. First and foremost, I want to extend my deepest and most sincere apologies to my Jewish sisters and brothers for the hurtful and divisive words that came out of my mouth during my interview with Richard Griffin. Um, so that's just a few of the, of the apologies that he released on his Twitter account. All right, so what do you guys think of basically what's happened? Because honestly, I'm shocked that he was not let go from The Masked Singer. The Masked Singer is a huge success. It's a huge hit. I guess they didn't want to rock the boat. After he released the apology, they said they're not severing ties, that he's going to continue, and that he seemed contrite to them. So what do you guys think? Do you think that it was right for them to keep him? Do you think it was wrong for Viacom to sever ties? Tachi being the guest. Well, she's, she shouldn't even be a guest. So you can go in the fridge by now, She is a regular contributor. She is not a guest. <laughs> wow. I just don't want to go first, Kevin. Will you back me up? Okay, okay. Yeah, Tachi, as a regular contributor, what do you think? <laughs> <laughs> one of you two is going to have to go on Twitter on an apology tour after this. Anyway, <laughs> so what here's here's the thing. I am always very careful about what I say about things until I've heard the original thing. I have read probably like five or six articles on this and no none of them were very specific as to what was said that was for example anti-semitic a lot of them had that was their big thing so i'm reading and i'm like okay so far i failed to see what was anti-semitic what where they're not saying this in the in the articles right they're not being very specific well it's, so, it's, it's about the whole kind of the Rothschild, the whole kind of the same thing that the classic thing are always is the jews are controlling everything they're controlling the media that whole kind of thing and also saying that basically the jews aren't the true chosen people they're not really hebrews the black people are the real hebrews so yeah that feels kind of anti-semitic to me but okay uh, let me let me let let me just say well i'm saying in terms of what i've seen but let me address the black the black people thing being the true hebrews that was the thing that i saw the most in the articles and okay now that i'm seeing it and then i i i started to listen to the entire podcast because Roland Martin has it on his show. So for people to actually hear it and see what happened. And so, but I didn't get a chance to finish it because it's about 20 minutes long, that whole thing. I, when they were saying the black people are the original Hebrews, I'm like, I'm sorry, where's the lie with this? It's true. You can ask a lot of, of, of Jewish historians, etc. What people of color were actually the original Hebrews. Yes. The, um, the people, we just see what we see as a representation of, um, what Jewish is today. First of all, remember that, um, uh, Judaism is a cult is cultural. It's also religion, but it's not necessarily tied to race. So the problem is we have in our head, what the uh, what Jews look like, uh, the Ashkenazi Jews, as opposed to Sephardic Jews, right, which are the Ethiopian Jews. So Jew, uh, Jewish people come in a lot of different shades and a lot of different colors. But if we look historically back at it, yes, that part is is true. Definitely. Um, original Jews were people of color, were people of um, North Africa and um, the Middle East. Definitely. So what, when that's all I'm seeing, I'm like, okay, I'm still waiting to see what was that because that's not anti-Semitic. Some of the other things that were said, Probably so. I still need to uh, hear the entire thing in context to say, but that part, 
I will stand behind it. That's not anti-Semitic because there's truth to it. And you all are quiet. Hello. I was just giving you some space. <laughs> oh, I'm like, I need you. No, I, I, you know, I, I don't know. Again, everything that was seen. Sorry, said. Well, well, the part that that uh, well, that part I don't think is the part that the part that redline. I think the part that everybody has a problem with is when he started talking about the five families, uh, basically speaking to this conspiracy that's around the conspiracy that theory, five... the Rothschilds. Okay, yes, yeah. that that yes, but what I saw overwhelmingly, and I think this is why you have to be very careful of how you report things and what you highlight when you are reporting. The big thing that I saw, like I said, in the the ones that I. I saw the big thing that was underlined was that the black people were the original uh, original Hebrews. And I'm like, okay, so I'm failing to see where there's there's um, anti-Semitism there. So I think there's, if for somebody who does not read the entire story, does not get it from sources that outlined everything, or the biggest thing is watch the original podcast, you're going to be left without a, you know, a clear understanding of what happened. And this is sometimes where, and often, where news media fails us because they report, but it's half reporting. And I thought, even as a journalist myself, I said, okay, well, where's the rest? That's why I had to dig and try and find this thing so that I could have a better understanding. Now, again, yes, with the Rothschilds, and then there's, I'm not even going to go into the whole thing. <laughs> I'm not even going to go into the whole thing. Um, I'll digress. What do you think, Tone? I I want to well I want to focus on the reaction mostly um the the fact that this is a long podcast another thing that happens a lot and and, and I want and I do want to a lot of times these this is a YouTube podcast that he has and um and like you said that segment alone was maybe twenty minutes long and there were there were parts that were taken and obviously amplified but there's been there's this whole um. I don't even call it. I don't even want to call it. It's an anti-Semitic conspiracy. But we've heard about the Illuminati, the Rothschilds, like all these things that seem to go on. And people, you hear people repeat. And from from his apology, he said that he he like he would like to thank all the people who came out and actually educated him and said you know and, and explained to him that what was wrong by what he said. Like he's like the rabbis, the community leaders, and institutions who reached out to him to help him as he said. And I feel like a lot of times somebody will say something which they might not understand to be anti-Semitic or they might not understand where they're wrong. And this is something that's, that you, that people might have heard echoed uh, multiple times and they, they start to believe it's true. And they say, it. because if you watch the, if you watch the, 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 the video the, on the podcast on the YouTube, you don't think like at no point does it seem like he's thinking that he's saying anything problematic. And that to me is why I do feel like from his apologies and the things and watching it that he didn't I don't think that there was any malice behind it. Obviously, what he said was hurtful um, and, and, and anti-Semitic. And because this is obviously something that that people want to um, make like, oh, um, geez, Jewish families are nefarious and and these lies that they like to propagate and a lot of maybe um some evil communities like to like to spread. But I don't think when he said it, he said it from a point that of hate or anger or because if you watch you at no point do neither of them look at each other like, hey, we're, this is something we're saying that, you know, that's vile or crazy. So I do think that he might not have been educated in what that actually meant. And this is something like like people speak about the Illuminati. Um, like people, when people say they don't necessarily think that they're speaking to anything that's controversial. So people think this is just the truth. And mm-hmm. unfortunately, that's how conspiracies um conspiracy spread but uh the fact that some people were quick to basically distance themselves from them and other people weren't i think we should look at the the monetary value that that's behind there because that also speaks a lot absolutely 
Can, can I think I... we lost Kevin. Kevin. Uh, okay. Um, no, he's got. Well, before you, before you go. So quick for so long. No, I, I know. <laughs> I know. Have you let's talk like that. Wow. Kevin, before before you go in, can I just um address one other thing? Sure. The part uh, that that talked about okay, where people that are not melanated are less than and here's the thing when i listened because i did get to listen to the first part of the podcast i could be wrong but i was listening and it just felt like he was not saying less than he mentioned less compassionate and i think he was saying less than less not less than less in terms of being less compassionate Okay, I gotta stop this. I can't even. You guys are just, I don't even know. I just, I am stunned. Okay, let's just say, let's just reverse what he said. Let's just say that there was a white host. Let's say Ryan Seacrest was on a podcast and said, you know, people with pigment are just a little less than those who don't have pigment. They lack compassion. They're acting out of fear. They're acting out of low self-esteem. They're acting out of deficiency. Therefore, the only way that people of color can act is evil. They have to rob, steal, rape in order to survive. I'm sorry. There wouldn't be like, well, there was a misunderstanding. Ryan doesn't even, you know, that now that, you know, some church members have reached out to Ryan Seacrest, he's now learning. No, that is Kevin, absolutely unbelievably wrong. Nobody, is defend- a- nobody was defending that, Kevin. Nobody's co-signing nobody that. Nobody is co-signing that or defending that. All I'm saying is to make sure that you li- we listen in context to exactly what was said. And while neither one is right, I'm just saying what he was referencing was the compassion part, not less, not them being less, the compassion part. Neither one is right, but I'm just saying when we listen, we have to listen for what is said as opposed to what we want to hear. That's all. Um, Did you not hear the part about the they have to rape and kill? Can- uh, okay, I don't even. I'm stunned. No, no are you okay? No, Kevin. I need you. To, I need you to listen. I'm yeah. talking about the fat that specific part. I'm not talking about the raping, the killing, the or whatever. I'm talking about that specific part. That when he said that he was referencing compassion and not people without melanin being less. He was saying less compassion. That's all I'm saying. I'm just clarifying. So whether or not it's right or wrong, the point is I'm just clarifying what he was referencing. That's all. Okay. He should have absolutely been fired from Viacom. And Mm -hmm. it is to me stunning that Fox has not fired him from The Masked Singer. And what bothers me about him not being fired is not just him not being fired, but what's to come. Because believe me, it will happen the next time somebody on Fox News just this past week, Tucker Carlson's head writer got fired from Fox for past racist and sexist statements that he had said on Twitter. And so the next time that some white celebrity says something that's crazy racist or crazy sexist, let me like, wait a minute, why can't we just issue an apology like Nick Cannon did? In fact, if I was their publicist, I would literally just cut and paste Nick Cannon's apology and have my celebrity say the release the exact same statement and dare anybody to fire them. 
So I think that no, there needs to be a precedence to say that these uh, that people based on their skin color are less than, more prone to violence, more prone to rape. That is the definition of racism. He can't be a racist because he is not white. You have to basically be the the race that has that holds the power in the society to be Correct. racist. But Correct. that is absolutely bigoted a thing to say. It is absolutely wrong. And to show how wrong they believe it is, he needs to be let go. Because I guarantee you, if this was opposite, if there was a white man saying this about black people or Hispanic people that was hosting some show, people would have been in an uproar. I mean, remember Billy Bush they got fired all fi- the time. Billy Bush <laughs> got Billy Bush got fired for not saying anything on Trump's infamous tape. We talked about grabbing women by their vaginas. He got fired mm-hmm. for not saying, "Hey, that's not cool." And so, yes, I believe that that if this was the reverse, if there was somebody that was like, if Ryan Seacrest, the host of Kelly and Ryan, uh, and the host of American Idol, if he were to say that black people are less than and more prone to rape and violence, are you tell me seriously? You think that, that he would still be hosting American Idol? No, nobody said that though. Okay. Nobody said, but, but no, Kevin, nobody you said that. Nobody with Nick like holding his hand. Well, nobody's holding his hand. Nobody is saying, saying or co-signing on what he did at no, all. No one's saying that. Mm. I'm talking about all the fruit roll-ups and all the car insurance commercials and all the restless leg syndrome medicine they're going to advertise on the Mass Singer. I'm talking about them. I'm looking at them because they are absolutely co-signing on bigotry if they're going to let somebody who said something like that host a show that they sponsor should he be hosting that show should he still have that platform this is not a kid nick cannon is how old is nick cannon he's like isn't he in his 40s the idea that oh i'm just i'm learning about the fact that like Jew, jewish people don't control all of the media just like are you serious this is not new news that that's a racist thing to say that 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 is anti-semitic thing to say this is this is, these are not new epiphanies the idea that this man has been walking around this long and he's now he's being educated as of this week so okay. if you don't want well, to cancel say, him like, if you, you want to invite him to your church picnic then invite him there but he should not have that platform he should no longer be hosting the mass singer you, you know what though i, I mean i think uh, absolutely there there's a we're in a we should be in a zero tolerance media environment now where nothing you don't stand for those types of things absolutely I will say this, though. This is not new, Nick Cannon. He's been saying this kind of incredible stuff for a long time. So why is it now, all of a sudden, that you, he's been like this? This is not a new side. Like, all of a sudden, he just decided to say, no, he's been like this. Yeah, but we're and in a Batashi but we're in a but new what? time, though. It's the same thing with Aunt Jemima has been racist since all before any of us were alive. But w- people finally have woken up enough what? to like, we need to do something about this. Look at what just happened with, uh, with okay, people have been saying for ages that the Washington Redskins is an insanely racist name. Just uh, They just announced this week that they're finally going to buckle to pressure that they should have buckled to decades ago and change the name. It's a different time. Well, uh, and I, that's uh, exactly the point. I know it's a different time, but does it, he, again, going back to, so people have to die for you to do what's right, and I'm including Nick Cannon in this too, or whoever has these things. These people have been like this. They have been racist. They have been bigoted. They have been, so now... All of a sudden, you 
you want to. And I'm not asking anybody to say anything or do anything about it. I just find it interesting that all of a sudden now you want to do something about it. All of a sudden now you're moving Uncle Ben and his wife, Aunt Jemima. Now you're doing these types of things. So I'm like, do, do I think just because you removed it that you have a different ideology now? Not really. So it's the same thing with him. Yeah, like Jay-Z said, everything was okay just a day ago. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. All right. So let's move on. So speaking of another celebrity that's saying stuff that seems to be kind of uh, taking people off, but not the same way, is Viola Davis. She is on the cover of Vanity Fair. And in an interview, she talked about her feelings about the movies she was actually nominated for an Oscar for. And Octavia Spencer won an Oscar for The Help. So she said, there's no one who's not entertained by The Help, but there's a part of me that feels like I betrayed myself and my people because I was in a movie that wasn't ready to tell the whole truth. Added that the film was created in the filter and the cesspool of systemic racism. Uh, Davis finds a big problem in the industry is that there's not a lot of narratives that are also invested in our humanity and that Hollywood is more invested in the idea of what it means to be black. So what do you guys think of what she had to say about the help and what do you think about people's reaction because i was absolutely stunned by the reaction when i was reading the comments not only in the tweets about the article but when i went to websites like entertainment weekly and read the comments under the story people went in people were upset they felt like because she's a spoiled celebrity and now that you've made all the money are you going to give the money back and then there are people that are just absolutely positively racist calling her a gorilla i mean it was ugly i was stunned at the vitriol from what she was saying so how do you guys feel well let me first say that i am a viola davis stan i love her amanda waller um, and I tried to see um, get how to get away with murder. I actually started watching that. It's on Netflix, but but I'm a fan of Viola Davis. But I, I had a conversation with a friend today, and it's funny. It, we weren't even talking about Viola Davis, but he was telling me it's it's funny how people when they start a job, like you, just happy to have a job. You're like, ooh, I got a job. I'm so thankful for this job. This job is putting bread on my table. I'm able to do new things because of this job. And later on, you know, years go by and you don't get thank you. You don't hear people say, hey, that's that's a, that's good work. And you start to get bitter and jaded. And now you're like, I can't stand this job. And by, by him telling me that, I started thinking, hey, this applies to the Viola Davis situation. All these actors that that do a job and they're so thankful for have that job and that job furthers their career. And later on, when they're in even a better position, they look back and they say, eh. I wouldn't have done that if I could again. You know, I, it, was, it was below me. I'm not playing that type of character anymore. But the, the actors and have to look at it. And people who have jobs, everyday jobs, we have to look at it. Life is like Jenga. And you, you're building a tower. And if you remove that piece, if you remove that help from her career, who knows where she would be today? She probably wouldn't be Amanda Waller in the new Suicide Squad. Like, she, would, she wouldn't be as prosperous. So a lot of times in our lives, we have to look back at life and say, yeah, a lot of us would love to, you know, remove a relationship and say, I wish I never dated that person. I wish I, I never did X, Y, Z. But a lot of times our mistakes and the things that we do wrong in life, they build and add a great character and make us the people who we are today. Like, I would definitely, I don't agree with any of the views points that I had a lot of them that I don't that when I was 20 I don't agree with a lot of things that I said and did when I was 20 
But if I wasn't that person, I wouldn't be able to be this person today. So I don't agree with her. I think she should. She looking back at things, she say, you know what? I would have done it different today, but I wouldn't straight up going in on that film like she did. So that, that's my that's my view. What about you, Todd? I this is this is really interesting. Well, first of all, to the people who were making comments underneath the Kevin, let me let me give you some advice. You will have so much peace if you stop reading those comments <laughs> underneath the articles because most of them are ill thought uninformed and they're just bloody fools i i almost never read because most of the time they're just stupid people making comments very few are informed even the positive ones very few are informed so just stop that that you'll have so much peace so the, moving on to to this whole thing i think it is a catch-22 and you you really made an excellent point um tone in terms of looking back and not you probably would not have done if you had it to do over again. But like you said, those things are what shape you would shape your career. I, 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 I can identify with what she said. This is what people have to realize. She is an actress. Yes, but she's also a black actress and it is very different for black actresses you know even you know if we're looking at gender or whatever it's very different for black actresses particularly dark-skinned black actresses there are far and few between in terms of the roles that are available and then what is available every black actress in hollywood is going after the same thing so you don't really have much choice if this is what you want to do this is what, you know, if you call theater or, or um, acting your craft and your pros and profession, sometimes you end up doing the things that you don't want to do to get your foot in the door. It's, you know, it's really easy for non-melanated actors and actresses. Maybe they can look back and say, oh, well, if I had it to do over. But the, the point is they had more of a choice than somebody like Viola Davis did. So now that she has uh, a little more choice, the roles are still not there for black women like they could be. But now that she has a little more choice, I think it is right for her to go back and sit or to go back and consider some of the things that I would have done. And maybe I'm not as proud of that. This is what I would have done. I think the, it's fine to look back in retrospect. Everybody should do that. But now I think your mission should be, or her mission should be to what can I do to ensure that nobody, no other young black actresses have to play the help. What can I do to ensure that there are, there are more? And I know she's doing things, but I'm saying that should be the trajectory now, but she's well within her right to, to go back and look and say things The people from what you're saying, Kevin, people are acting like she's the, who was the actress from fresh off the boat who was like, Oh, I'm so upset that fresh off the boat was renewed. Now I can't do this other project. That's ungrateful. That's bloody ungrateful. All Viola Davis is doing is going back and considering that she would have done things differently had she had the opportunity. And I think that's okay. I think that's okay of anybody. The point now is to go forward and make sure that nobody has to take stereotypical roles or roles that they don't, that uh, defile who we are as people. And that's what she should be uh, looking forward to doing. Okay, Kevin. I think that one of the some of the reasons that some people that were not racist were upset is because of what you were just saying just a second ago. 
that they don't feel that this movie did defile her or black people. It was telling the story of two specific black women in particular, their story in early 60s South that were housekeepers. And Viola Davis, to me, created a very well-rounded, absolutely real character. But the issue in the movie is true of a lot of movies, that white savior complex. Basically what it means is, a lot of these movies, the story about black people, but they can't be the stars of their own story because exactly. of box office. The star of The Help was not Viola Davis the star, or Octavia Spencer. The star of The Help was Emma Stone. Emma Stone. Yep. Because they, because Emma Stone would actually, her name on the marquee, they thought would get more butts in the seats. And that's why so many stories like Glory was Matthew Broderick was the star of that movie, not Denzel Washington. So because of racism, the idea is that a lot of white audiences aren't going to go see a movie about and starring black people. So you have like a white, I guess, carrot to lure them into the theater and <laughs> the, the, the white star of the movie. And then you also kind of uh, give the message about this, uh, about the oppression or the story of these particular black characters. I feel like the character that she created in the help was incredibly rich and a well-told story. Should it have been just her story or just Octavia Spencer's story? Absolutely. But that doesn't, to me, take away from the performance and the humanity that was given to both those characters in that story. So I think some people were feeling like they're like she's kind of trashing a movie that they love and they love that character and they love that character's journey. It is not um, about them. They can love they can love it. It's it's her it's her journey as an actress. I don't want to say they don't matter, but in the scheme of things, they don't matter. They matter only in box office when, oh, we loved it. So you're not the one that had to play a role that now you're looking back and saying, I wish I had not done that or I wish I could. It's it's not about them. And the problem is, I suppose social media uh, uh, especially, we think everything is about us now. That's why we have the gall to go and make comments underneath an article when somebody is saying their point of view of what they wouldn't say. Don't roast. That's not your business. See, this is what. See, that's exactly why I don't read these damn comments, Kevin. <laughs> no, I, I will agree with you that you'll you'll sleep a lot better if you don't read comments. But part of doing a podcast is like I think I better read the comments and see and get the temperature of how what people are saying and how they're feeling about it. And I do feel I, I feel like when you put it out there, that's what when you do an article, when you do an article where you basically say that I regret this incredibly popular film, then yeah, people are going to talk back. People are going to basically she has the right to say what she's going to say about it, and people have the right to come back and say like hey i don't think that's right i think that you're not viewing this correctly and what tone was saying was right on the money when it comes to this jenga thing because if viola davis didn't do the help and all the heat that she got from the help and all the places we saw her after the help she would not have gotten the role on how to get away with murder she became the first actress of color to win an emmy for best actress in a drama series that would not have happened without the help so i believe that you're right this led to that and that led to the other thing the dominoes got the the dominoes of her getting knocked over to get her to that place would not have happened had she not been in the help so i think that it's a i think it's a mistake 
honestly, and again, she doesn't care about my opinion. I, I know she doesn't, even though I love her to pieces, but I do feel like this is a mistake. I would do. I wish the help was different. And I hope that in the future we can have stories about black people that it's just their story. And we don't need a white person to like either to, to come and rescue them in the story or to lead white audiences through seeing a story about people of color. It's kind of like, I remember hearing that the reason why there's so many children's books about boys versus girls is because of sexism. It's because boys will only read books about little boys. If a little girl is pictured on the cover of the book, that means it's a book for girls. But if a little boy is on the cover of a book, it's a book for everyone. And so I think that 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 same kind of bias that people kind of grow up with is the same thing when it comes to white people. Of course, people of color, we've been we've been watching stories of people that don't look like us and empathizing with them and going on their journeys and cheering their victories and feeling sad about their defeats all our lives. So it's time that people that have less melanin learn to see people on screens that don't look like them and also celebrate their triumphs and feel bad about their defeats because they're people. Well, that you know what? that That's an excellent point. You said that so well, Kevin. I think in society, though, people have to start seeing people of color as people before they can accept them on screen as people. All right, let's talk about what's going on with several celebrities who've recently enjoyed trolling one Ivanka Trump. So I don't know if you guys have heard, but there is a Goya boycott going on for the Goya products because the CEO of Goya was praising Donald Trump up and down. He was at a Rose Garden ceremony and he said, we're all truly blessed to have a leader like President Trump. And so a lot of people, especially Hispanic uh, uh, celebrities were not exactly feeling that. And so they've launched a boycott. Goya campaign kind of sprung up after these comments. So people on the right wanted to defend the president of Goya Foods. And so they're basically saying we're going to do an anti-boycott and go out and buy Goya stuff. And so not only was the president sitting at the Resolute desk taking a picture with a bunch of Goya products, all smiles and thumbs up, even though, you know, he's never had any of those Goya products in his friggin' life. But Ivanka Trump took a picture like she was on The Price is Right caressing a can of Goya black beans. And Chelsea Handler responded with a picture of her own saying, for those of you who don't like racism with your as a side dish, try other brands of beans. And she's holding a can of Rosarita, my personal choice for uh, refried beans. Rosarita, coming without the racism, y'all. So what do you guys <laughs> think about, A, the boycott and the different celebrities that have kind of come up, like Chrissy Teigen, having a problem with this? I mean, what I'm stunned by is the tone deafness of this CEO basically as children of Hispanic descent are currently in cages at our border the idea that he's going to say how lucky we are to have Trump as a president the same man who also said that Hispanics are rapists and Mexico is sending their worst their criminals to this country and have a Hispanic owned company praising this president so what do you guys think Si es Goya, no es bueno. That's what I tell you. <laughs> si, si, so, si. <laughs> so from uh, from someone who has a last name who who has a whose last name is Nunez, I gotta tell you that Goya is instrumental 
in the Spanish household. Like all Latinos um, love Goya. We grew up with Goya. And this, when, when I saw the CEO of Goya up there, talk about I pray for our president and I thank his leadership. It's like somebody took a, a dagger a, a dagger and stabbed it right in my sweet plantings, my platanos, my Goya platanos, which I have in the fridge. And <laughs> and you know what? I, I was deeply offended because uh, it was just it was just like, what world are you living in? This man has persecuted everybody who's 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 your number one consumer of your products and i just don't understand it just shows me that maybe at the end of the day if your name is uh you have a latino last name uh your nunez or your gonzalez but maybe if you're making x amount of money maybe things are different up there and, and, and you're living a different life because you obviously are blind to, to the struggle of everyone who loves and consumes your products. So after those two planting boxes are done, because I am Dominican, I cannot throw out plantings again. It's against everything we believe in. I will after those plantings are done, I will not be buying no more Goya products. I will be boycotting them. And I stand with all those Latino celebrities who came out and even those non-Latino celebrities who came out rightfully and said this is wrong. Because at the same time, seven children died in u.s custody was hostage you know the custody u.s custody but it's, it's really it's well, that's kind of true right here. that's kind of true. true it is hostage so it's ridiculous it's ridiculous like if anything he should have never been up there and not not the way that he was praising it. did you see trump he was gloating he was over there shining like he was just taking all these compliments it was disgusting first of all tone shame on you for not making plantain fresh from the plantain <laughs> just saying <laughs> Who needs to buy plantain? Go to the store, buy them. They're three for a dollar. Let them ripe, cut them, and fry them. Why are you buying uh, Goya plantain? I'm lazy. Clearly, clearly, your laziness has been the death of you now. You see that. So that's one. I am absolutely appalled. Now, I also I also like to dig into the deep into the backgrounds and things now. I don't know this for sure, but as soon as he was saying all this, I was like, uh, he must be um he must be one of the uh the uh, Miami Cubans because there are a lot that are very conservative that um tend to agree not with everything but side on that part because the the Miami um the Cuban population in Miami tends to be very heavily republican and very heavily conservative so as soon as he said that i was like oh he must be from Miami so i'm looking to find out if i can find because that to me would explain some some things and he is according to business insider he it says span he's um first generation uh his mother or whatever was first generation Spanish, but that doesn't say anything because Spanish means Spain. So I'm like, is that Spain? And then his, um, no, his mother, his father was a Spanish immigrant and his mother was Irish American. So sometimes when you have a background where you feel you are somewhat different, you cannot identify or you choose not to identify with others, regardless of the fact that you, uh, you know, you yourself may be whatever. So I looked at that and I'm like, okay, that could be a reason why he's viewing himself as different. Not that he said that, but just looking and studying and doing research in this area, in this field and images of people of color, it could be, I am offended. I am not Latino. 
I am very offended because how very dare you, the food, the very food, like you said, you know what, even, even if you're not Latino, if you're a Caribbean or whatever, you often have Goya in your, in your, uh, whatever too, because we all basically eat the same things. So, you know, black beans, Goya, of course, you know, even the dry, not even the canned ones, the dry ones, you know, it takes more, but <laughs> the dry beans now, okay, that you cook from fresh. <laughs> so it, it's, um, it's just a, like you said, a slap in the face, and it's in, extremely insulting that the very food that is the staple of the people that you are making it for, you insult by praising someone who keeps you in cages, who who sees you as less than, who says you're responsible for. They they were even trying this idiotic governor that we have here in Florida, waste of skin DeSantis, even tried to blame COVID cases on migrant farm on migrant workers who overwhelmingly are latino so when you have that type of and of course he's the best friend of um <laughs> mark ward likes to call him tang so he's, <laughs> <laughs> he's tang's best friend so when you have that kind of of discourse with so many people pushing it down even if that's what you thought First of all, don't go to the Rose Garden and and do all the, why are you there? What is your purpose there? But even if you're going to be there, how very dare you praise the person who was persecuting your customers? So I, you know what? That's all I need to see. If somebody was buying, um, uh, you know, food, food that was supported by the, um, KKK or that made some sort of statements and, you know, uh, I, that is obviously against like black people, and people of color. Why the hell would I spend my money with them? So, you know what? You, you, you're really stupid. This is also a customer service thing. It's, it goes beyond race is the big thing and ethnicity is the big thing here, but it goes beyond that. It's also good customer service. Why would you insult your customers, and this is a huge insult. Hell yeah, throw away the Goya. Well, don't throw it away. Finish it, and then don't buy any more. Any more, correct? Don't buy yeah. any more. I boycotting too. They they don't even make the one hundred percent best stuff, so I, I'm boycotting too. <laughs> wait, wait, you're not alone, Tachi. So, uh, like I said before, Chrissy Teigen is done with Goya. She said it's a shame. Don't care how good the beans taste, though. Bye bye. John Loikozamo said goodbye to Goya. And after Goya released a damage control tweet saying they were giving 1 million cans of chickpeas and 1 million pounds of food to food banks in the United States, TV personality Rachel Fine replied to the tweet, did you give any to the kids in cages at our borders? Good to know exactly where you stand, Goya. Hashtag Goya boycott. So I totally agree with her. This is absolutely ridiculous. I was disappointed with the CEO of Apple when he, uh, Tim Cook, when he met. I feel like no one should have been meeting with this man, especially in a public forum. No photo ops. I would not give him the benefit of any kind of photo op. Like when Kim Kardashian, when she was trying to get that woman released from jail, he didn't care about anything other than a photo op. And so... Oh, if you come to the White House, take a picture with me, then I'll do something. So I guess maybe to get somebody out of jail who was unjustly imprisoned, maybe I would show up and stand there next to him looking angry that I had to stand and take a picture with him to get somebody out of jail, to get him to do his job. You have to take a picture with him. 
anybody who has any kind of power that that has the power to say no, like a Tim Cook, yeah, no, deuces. I have. There's no reason for me to show up there. Thank you very much. Speaking of which, Kevin, would you put on a, a, a MAGA hat and then see you running for president like the husband of the person you just mentioned? <laughs> oh, yeah. So let's talk about that. Thank you very much. Nice segue. All right. Segue. So um, as you guys know, Kanye West announced that he was running for president on the 4th of July. He wasn't born on the 4th of July, but he was running for president on the 4th of July. But since then, there's been a change. Kanye's election strategist, Steve Kramer, told New York Magazine that West is out of the race. Kramer was one of several campaign staffers reportedly hired to help West get on the ballot in states like Florida and South Carolina. Apparently, getting on the ballot in those key states at the last minute was a little bit harder than they thought it was going to be. So when asked what went wrong, Kramer reportedly replied, I'll let you know what I know once I get all our stuff canceled. That sounds like something that would come from the person who would be working with Kanye West to elect him president. But there's but there <laughs> but there's more. So now uh, some say the reason why he dropped out was one poll came out that actually said that he'd be getting about 2% of the vote. And so that was one reason. But Apparently, just like those old horror movies that say like the end question mark, Kanye is officially on the ballot in Oklahoma. So things Mm -hmm. have still been happening behind the scenes, according to the state's election board. And so that's kind of spooky. And he did file some papers with the Federal Election Commission, but he has not filed secondary papers where you have to talk about how much money you've raised and how much money you've spent. He hasn't filed those papers yet. So I don't know if this is truly over with or not, but... He isn't going to be on the ballot in every state, not even close to maybe even half the states because so many deadlines have already passed. And even though he said that he was no longer supporting Trump, a lot of people believe, and a lot of people being Kevin Williams, that this was just (laughs) a bid to help Donald Trump and to siphon off some of the black vote from Joe Biden. But the funny thing was this. When that initial poll came out, it actually hurt Trump not Joe Biden. So I have never been prouder of melanated people than when I saw that poll. So what do you guys think? Go ahead, Tony. I'm going for Tachi. I'm like, oh. Tachi. <laughs> okay. So what? what I, this is, at first, a lot of people, when they heard that he was running for president, Kevin, the first thing that came to their mind was the fact that he had just dropped new music. And they're like, this has to be some type of promotional stuff, which, which I thought it was. I thought it was a promotional stuff. I did not think that Kanye West was really running for president, even though he said it a few times. I just thought it was something that he says, you know, just like, just like, you know, Hove likes to say H-O, like, you know, he likes to say his name spelled out. I just thought it was something like, you know, some rapper thing to do. I'm running for president, but I'm not taking that responsibility. So the fact that he's actually trying to get on the ballot, I thought it was surprising. Uh, we don't know what his platform would be. We didn't, we, he has not said any ideas that he has while he wants to run for president. Oh, wait, no, wait, wait a minute. Like a very- no, he did say that he will run America like Wakanda. A fictional, oh a fictional place. <laughs> I can see why people, but I, I, I we, we spoke about uh, of this either last week. I'm not sure, but, but some, something you said, Kevin, really stuck out to me. And it's like I, 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 I completely 100 percent agree. The fact that some people thought 
that Kanye West would draw black votes from the black community away from Joe Biden is completely insulting because who 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 would take this man seriously? Why would anyone, regardless of their background, think that Kanye West would make a great president and that he would draw votes? Some people thought that Kanye West could actually be the the Jill Stein of 2020, and I thought that was ridiculous. <laughs> I thought that was ridiculous. So uh, I don't know what's going through Kanye's head. I don't think anyone does know. Um, Tachi, thoughts? <laughs> Yeah, what's the next story? <laughs> <laughs> also, what I also got to say what the name of his party because he wasn't running as a Democrat or running as a Republican or a member of the Green Party was the Birthday Party, and he's going to run America like Wakanda was run. And another thing that he tried to say that he's uh, supposedly they released statements saying that he was no longer so a Trump supporter, but he didn't say anything bad about Trump or why he was no longer supporting him. So it absolutely, I believe he thought he could save his daddy Trump. He looks at him as a father figure. We saw him in that red hat. He said that red hat makes him like a superhero. That's another thing. We're going to talk uh, later in the show more about cancel culture. Cancel culture is not a thing if A, Nick Cannon is still on The Masked Singer and Kanye West is still selling shoes. The man that said that uh, the slavery was a choice, the man that basically embra- who hugged Donald Trump and wore his hat and said it made him like a superhero. Really? And people are still listening to his music? Seriously? So yeah, there's a reason why people were, were thinking that maybe he could pull votes away because there are people that have not canceled him. I am I am baffled. Most African-Americans here are descendants of enslaved people. And the idea that anybody would open their mouth and especially the, someone with a platform to say that they chose to be slaves and people are still bopping to their music. I, I can't. I, I can't. You know, so if, is, if you can boycott Goya, you can boycott uh, Kanye West buying those overpriced, ugly-ass shoes. Oh, wow. <laughs> Dump on Yeezys, why don't you? I, I, I feel the same way. This is, this is very interesting, and it makes me think about, you know, I always like to think about the other end of things. It's very interesting how quick people were to want to cancel Gail, after the interview about And she asked a question. Kobe Bryant, yeah, yeah, she asked she a question asked about a question. Kobe Bryant. She did nothing wrong. She asked a question like journalists do, but the mistake she made was being a black woman asking a question and not... Uh, you know, unapologetically supporting black men by, you know, saying this was wrong or that was wrong. That was her mistake. So the whole thing is, it's it's really interesting. We have a double standard in our community. If this was like Gail, or if this was a black woman who did this, she would have been canceled all day. But for some reason, in the, in our communities, we tend to have this double standard where we have to support at all costs. He's not canceled. He is not canceled, and I don't understand why. Even with, um, okay, he, that fool, Terry Crews, he's not even canceled, canceled. You know what I'm saying? He's done some incredible stuff, but he's not canceled, canceled. So there's a big double standard when it comes to black women, men and black women and how much is allowed for you before you get canceled. Well, not only is Terry Crews not canceled, he's high-fiving everybody over at Fox because now, because of Nick Cannon, he can see, see, I told you about black supremacy, see, see? So, yeah, he's doing great. Speaking of another Trump supporter with brain damage, let's talk about game show host Chuck Woolery. So, on Sunday, the 79-year-old former host of The Love Connection tweeted, 
the most outrageous lies are the ones about COVID-19. Everyone is lying. The CDC, media, Democrats, our doctors, not all, but most that we are told to trust. I think it's all about the election and keeping the economy from coming back, which is about the election. I'm sick of it. But just one day later, he backtracked from that statement. To further clarify and add perspective, COVID-19 is real and it is here. Wooly uh, reportedly tweeted this because it turns out his son has tested positive for COVID-19. And he has since closed his Twitter account. So what do you guys think? No, witch. Mm-mm. Keep your Twitter account open. Oh, now <laughs> you want to do it. No, witch. Mm-mm. Not today. See, it, it's really easy for you to quietly go away and slink back into your snake hole or snake den or whatever snakes live in uh, after you've said all this and you were all, you know, tweeting the trumpet and everything before as if this is fake. But now it's real because somebody you know has it. And this is the problem. There is a lack of when it comes to unless, until it hits home for many people, you don't believe, you don't think it can happen. And then you want to start to raise money for efforts and all that type of thing when it hits you. And that's that's a big problem, I have to say, in our society, in American society. Okay, oh, 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 no, wait, wait a minute. I got to be real and make it super real. I am. I will not rest until I'm canceled at by the end of this show. All right. Okay. Let's talk about <laughs> Republicans specifically. Chuck Willary is an absolute conservative. He's a huge Trump supporter. There is a thing with Republicans in particular, not the Republicans that you know or family members of yours who, if you're listening, I'm sure they're lovely, but all the rest of them, they lack any kind of empathy or compassion to someone else's circumstance. They can, exactly. they have a problem with, they have a problem with gay people getting married until what? My daughter is gay. Then wait, they should be allowed to get married. This isn't right. I have exactly. a problem with stem cell research is wrong and it's abomination. Wait a minute. My partner has Alzheimer's stem cell research. Now stem cell research. Now abortion is wrong. Wait, my teenage daughter is pregnant and I don't want her to be. Well, it's all right for her, but not all right for you. I am so sick of them with this. There is no circumstance when it comes to Republicans. They they have a problem with everything until it hits home. And once it happens to them, then becomes a real thing. So literally almost 140,000 Americans are dead as we record this. It, over 130 plus thousand were dead when Chuck Willary was tweeting the fact that this was fake. And of course, Trump retweeted it. He's appointed people to the CDC and he's retweeting this BS saying that the CDC is lying and that COVID-19 is not a real thing. So anyway, not that there's ugh, anything that Trump says is just BS. We already know that. But the idea that it instantly became a real thing once his son got it. There are people in graves. There are people in hot. There are, there are doctors and nurses who have died trying to save lives. And this idiot is on Twitter saying that this is all a hoax. It reminds me of the same people that said that Sandy Hook didn't happen. There were actually people that would go to the houses of the parents whose children were slaughtered at school, seven-year-olds, and and try to get them to admit on camera that it was a hoax and their and their their children are alive, or that this was all their actors that were paid to pretend that their children got killed. 
this is the kind of crazy stuff that Fox News and that Republican bubble creates all of these conspiracy theories. And now we have somebody in the White House sitting at the Resolute desk, stirring up all this controversy and retweeting all these conspiracy theories. And, you know, the whole thing is with with the case of Chuck Woolery or whatever, yeah, all of that. But it's also it's also extreme laziness. Anybody, you know, I, I find this to be true with many people. You're too lazy to do the research and things yourself. So even you, you're, you are good with somebody telling you this is not so, and then you believe it's not so, and then we'll just retweet rather than using the critical thinking skills that you're supposed to have and, and finding out. So you won't because you're lazy. You're lazy, either lazy or dumb or both. And do you, you say, I'm sure these, you know, the, your friends and family members are, you know, that they're lovely. Yeah, I'm sure they're lovely people. But if you sit idly by while this nonsense goes go, nonsense goes on, you are the same. I'm sorry. You are exactly the same. You cannot. It's it's time for you to stop, you know, 80, um, not 86, but co-signing on this nonsense. So they're not lovely because if you stand by and say nothing, you're exactly the same. You might as well be Tang. Well, I'm trying to keep a couple listeners, Tanchi. But anyway. Well, <laughs> so you don't need those kind of listeners. Hopefully somebody will get uh, Chuck Woolery some stem cells. What do you think, Tone? I think that he deleted his account, which was, it, it's it's the right thing for him to do. Because if, if you don't want to say, if you want to say things and then you don't want to hear back, which is what J.K. Rowling basically did when she signed up with 150 authors uh, to this letter that she that she's the, uh, basically trying to cancel cancel culture because she also wants to say things and not hear back. So, Kevin, can you tell us a little bit about that? All right. So let's talk about J.K. Uh, so J.K. Rowling and Handmaid's Tale author Margaret Atwood are among 150 writers, academics and activists to sign an open letter published by Harper's bemoaning the restrictions on debate in modern culture. So Rowling, who has been at the center of like what Tone was saying, she's been at the center of transgender rights debate in recent times and a lot of people have come out against some of the things that she said she's basically against cancel culture and the letter that they all signed said things like the free exchange of information and ideas are the lifeblood of liberal society is daily becoming more constricted it added we uphold the value of robust and even caustic counter speech from all quarters but it is now all too common to hear calls for swift and severe retribution in response to perceived transgressions of speech and thought. So what do you guys think? Do you feel like cancel culture is endangering the sharing of ideas and thoughts? Or is it actually sharing views and thoughts, because that's what I think. I actually kind of got involved in the whole discussion about uh, the transgender thing on Twitter because of what J.K. Rowling was saying, because I asked questions, because I didn't understand 
why what she was saying was viewed as being transphobic by some transgender people. And they came back at me with a lot of information and why they view what she's saying to be transphobic. And I still haven't read anything that she said that I personally feel is transphobic, but it's easy for me to say a person who's not trans. I'm sure they'd say, well, you don't even have a dog in this hunt and this hunt. So shut up. But, um, <laughs> but I'm okay with that. They have a right to say that. So what do you guys think? I I feel like you, Kevin. That uh, <laughs> that can't uh, cancel. First of all, I want number one. So what the hell do you want us to do? That's what. What are you? What do you want us to do? You're signing a letter. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with it. Uh, Noam Chomsky, Salman Rushdie, Malcolm Gladwell, some really respected uh, authors and thought leaders have put their sign their names to the. But what do you want people to do? not make comments. I, I don't get it. So I'm not quite sure exactly. I haven't read the entire letter, but I'm not quite sure. When you write a letter, you can say things, but you also need to have a solution. So I don't know what your solution is. No, what they, what they want, they want to be able to, what they keep missing the point. They want to be able to say whatever they want and they want no repercussions. Mm-hmm. And so you can mm-hmm. say whatever you um, want. Like, like I've always said, you can go to your boss and be like, you're ugly and your wife is a bitch. You can say that to your boss. This is a free country and your boss mm-hmm. has the right to fire you for saying that and you have the right if you're the president of goya foods you have the right to say how much you love donald trump and how great a president you think he is and because this is a free society i have the right to say that i will no longer be buying goya foods and i will publicly chastise my co-host for actually not making his own fresh plantains thank you thank you we can do in america this is a free country no, no, and, and well, so but thank you for for cleaning that up. But it's still not; it's a free country. I I still don't know exactly what you want to do. You, you want to be in an echo chamber. You want to say what you want, and you don't want anybody to say anything back, or you don't want any, uh, you know, uh, out fallout from whatever you do say. Which to which I say is absolutely ridiculous. To the point of speaking on transgender anything, and you're not transgender. Shut up. Just the same way I tell people who are, that's why now with everything that's happening in terms of um, uh, Black Lives Mattering and et et cetera, if you are not Black, definitely be an ally, definitely support, definitely ask how can I help, but you don't open your mouth to say anything because you're not. Don't. I don't care if you're married to somebody black, if that's not your place, just like it's not somebody's place who is not transgender to speak for them or speak on any issues for them or say what is endangering anything that that's the thing. You're overstepping your boundaries. Stay in your damn lane and there won't be a problem. That doesn't mean don't have an opinion, but don't speak as the official voice of anything when that is not your MO. That is not your lane. So be quiet. I'm not a doctor. Therefore, you don't find me putting all sorts of things about what COVID-19 is and doing it because I'm not a medical professional, regardless of the fact that my parents are medical medical professionals. That has nothing to do with me. Therefore, I say nothing. If we would all adopt that, <laughs> I think we would be a, it would be a lot better. So to these authors, are you out are you overstepping your boundaries because you think everything you have to say is so wonderful and you've been lauded by the public for so long that you think it's your place to always talk, which is you don't always have to talk. I'll leave it there. Tone. I also think 
that they just crave. They're missing the 2010s, the 90s, the 80s, the sweet time in their lives when they can say whatever recklessness, do whatever recklessness, and then just say, oh, but it's okay. I've checked myself into rehab, so I won't be saying any more racist things after this. Mm. Continue buying my album and my movie after this. No, it's 2020. Now when you say crazy racist stuff, now when you say crazy and do crazy racist things, now when you assault people, it's all going to come to light. And guess what? People, thank God to the internet and, and, and the social webs, people now are interlocked. They can they can all join together and use the most powerful weapon, which is their money. They can say, we're not buying your books, and they can all get together and say, we're not buying your books anymore. We're not buying your movies. If you don't put someone who looks like us on the screen, we're going to stop going. This is It's about time, and this is all they want. They basically want a, a blank check to say whatever recklessness and just say, oh, I'm going to rehab. But but you can't go to rehab for, for saying reckless, crazy things. Oh, yes, I am. So it, that, that's done now. That's what they want. And it's despicable that they actually got together and think that this is mad. It's how out of touch these people are. It's a different world. It's 2020. And, and just like that, that waitress, Kevin, um, uh, that the one that we were talking about, that she's speaking to power. It, yeah, it's let's, a, it's a new day. I was going to say, I was going to say it connects with that. But before I say that, I've heard interviews where they try to tie it to this thing where, like, remember that woman who was in Central Park and she called the police and claimed that a black man was trying to uh, attack her and he wasn't because he asked her to leash her dog. And so she ended up getting fired. And the same thing with where there was this white couple in, I believe, San Francisco area where they saw somebody painting Black Lives Matter in front of a house and they were saying, that, oh, we're going to call the police because we know the owner and you don't have the right to do that. And of course, who the person they were talking to was the owner of the house. But he was of color, so they thought, <laughs> they thought that they would call the police. And so they have actually gotten fired. And so that's what people are talking about, the idea there is swift justice when people do things and they get caught on film, it goes on social media and there are repercussions. And so when you say racist things, when you do racist things, when you say homophobic things, there was a guy that was in a restaurant yelling at some Asian people, cursing at them, and he ended up losing his Silicon Valley job. And so am I going to cry for him? Not one tear will be shed. Not nope. one for any of them, for any of them. Again, they have the right to, to say those racist things, to, to be homophobic. You have the right to be all those things in a free society. And your employer has a right to not want to be associated with your racist, homophobic self. That's what America is. And speaking about this letter and truth to power, because of social media, there's actually more conversation. There's more dialogue back and forth. In fact, there was a waitress, people are referring to her as the TikTok waitress. She actually called out some very famous customers, including Justin Bieber's wife. And on TikTok, she did two videos where she actually rated some of her famous customers. And she said, I'm rating celebrities I met while working as a hostess in a fancy Manhattan restaurant. She gave 10 out of 10 for kindness to wait staff to the Hadid sisters. So pretty impressed with how their mom raised them. So that's pretty cool. But Kylie Jenner, she got a 2 out of 10 for allegedly tipping just $20 on a $500 order. Uh, Cameron Cameron Dallas got a four out of ten because he supposedly pulled uh, do you know who I am kind of thing. First of all, he would have to pull that on me because I have no idea who he is. 
So, so I would have treated him like a regular. I would have treated him like a regular person because I have no idea who he is. She also called out uh, Haley Bieber, and she gave her a three point five. And she says, "I'm going to be controversial. I've met her a handful of times, and she was not nice. I really want to like her, but I give her like a three point five out of ten. Sorry." So her remarks actually got the attention of Haley Bieber herself, who showed up in the comments of the video to apologize. In one comment, she wrote that she was, quote, so sorry if I've ever given you bad vibes or a bad attitude that wasn't my intention. And in a subsequent comment, she said, hate hearing this was your experience with me, but glad you called me out and said that she hopes that she can meet her someday and apologize in person. So that is, talk about the democratization of of a back and forth of media. This thing got like millions of views and Haley Beaver actually felt like she needed to make some kind of comment on what this girl was saying about her. Yeah, lest you be canceled. <laughs> lest you be canceled. <laughs> she said that. So she said that so like lest you be canceled. It's the opposite. <laughs> it's what it's, this this goes right in line with what we just saying. Like mm-hmm. now people have the power and people are listening. And I think Haley Bieber, um, she she's wise for coming forward but i was also shocked that a self-made billionaire could only drop twenty dollars on a five hundred dollar check like well that's she's why she's a self-made billionaire because she doesn't tip if she had if she had actually tipped her fifty dollars then she wouldn't be a billionaire Taji. she wouldn't be a billionaire anymore <laughs> <laughs> that was that's the tipping point that fifty dollar tip okay yeah, $50. um but anyway but so this whole thing that jk rowling is upset about is the fact that when she's based basically saying things that people in the trans community weren't happy with. They were like, oh, we're canceling you. We're canceling Harry Potter. And first of all, you have enough money, JK, so they can cancel you all they want. You will never spend. You won't spend all that Harry Potter money. Your kids won't. Your grandkids, your great grandkids. Nobody, none of the Rowlings will ever be able to spend all of that, all of that sweet, sweet Harry Potter money ever. It's this whole need to be liked. That we have, because honestly, a lot of these people that are doing these things, they will be all right. None of their kin could ever for generations ever spend the money, as you were saying. But there's this whole need that people, most people have anyway, to be liked and to be thought of as a good person and to be thought of as contributing to society. So when people don't have that, that view of you, you feel really badly and you want to do everything. So some people will actually apologize like Haley Bieber did. And some people will get 150 people to sign a, a, a moratorium on cancel culture. Just saying, who said that? The funny thing is, I I still think, I still have more faith in the population in general. And I'm not saying it's always easy. But I think that people put out a good faith argument where they're trying to say something that isn't filled with hate. And it may be wrong because you may say something that's wrong because you just, you don't know about certain things. I think a lot of people are still learning when it comes to the whole transgender thing. Things are changing as far as in pronouns like that are changing and people that are non-binary and Sith gender. We're still learning a lot of this terminology. So I think that people will be forgiven if they're coming in with good faith or saying what they think and believe, but are open to hearing the other side. 
side. Again, I tried to read what she was saying and why she was being canceled. And I still don't understand exactly because what she was saying, because she was talking about the idea of about what it means for, I guess, cis gender women, when people that were born in the body of a woman, when you basically categorize other people as women that became women and what it takes away from them or whatever. But I took it as meaning is that they have different experiences that uh, someone who's born a woman and has been in a woman's body all their life versus somebody who believes they were a woman always, but they lived in a male body for most of their development, that they had different experiences, which I think, well, that's fair. Isn't that true? And I've heard people come out where this is something that I, I could get in trouble for saying, but I'm going to say it anyway, is I don't understand the people that think it's okay for people who were born into a male body and went through puberty and then had a sex change to be on an Olympic team or be in the Olympics as a female. And I feel bad. It doesn't feel right that they weren't born in the body that they believe that, that they really should have been born into. But like, look, let's look at Bruce Jenner, Bruce Jenner, who was a gold medal winning decathlete. Let's just say back in the day, it was more accepting and he had won the decathlon and gotten a gold medal. And then after that, like, I really I want to share with you all that I've always been a woman and he got a sex change. At the next Olympics, he can compete with women. That just does not seem fair to me. Does that mean that I hate transgender people or feel like they're not really the sex that they say they are? Not at all. But we're talking about physicality that they have based on the skeletal structure they have based on the hormones that they were dealt. And so does that mean that I am against transgender people? I don't think it does. Some people will disagree with that. But they're free to feel they, how they feel about what I said and come at me about what, what I'm saying. And I am free to respond back to them. That is what that's what happens in a free society. Lydia, I agree. That's what happens in a free society. You're able to say what you want and somebody's going to come back at you with their feedback unless you delete your account like some people. Yeah, Chuck Woolery. <laughs> Yeah, wooly bully. <laughs> okay, speaking of other cartoon characters, let's talk a little bit about Disney. Some would say not the happiest place on earth right about now. Uh, so Abigail Disney has uh, come out saying that she's confused by the fact that Disney is reopening its Florida theme parks right now at the height of what's happening in Florida, how COVID cases have gone insane. Uh, they're going at a fever pitch and they've opened up Disney World, Animal Kingdom, the Hollywood. What is the Hollywood Park called? I forget what they call it. Hollywood Studios. Thank you. Disney Hollywood Studios open open for covid so she's baffled by that and so <laughs> she's baffled by that and the funny thing is it has to do with what state it's in because you know what disneyland here in california locked up tight i actually looked it up right before the show because initially i'd read that it was supposed to open up on the 17th of july and it turns out no it is not their website said that downtown disney district has begun a phase reopening which means most of the stores are not open some are open a couple restaurants are open but it's most of it is not open and you have to wear a mask and they test your temperature and they have hand washing stations and they have people monitoring you make sure you you keep your mask on, but you take your mask off to eat. Obviously, if you're going to you're at a restaurant, you take your mask off at that point. But the hotels and the Disneyland, as well as California Adventure, are still closed with absolutely, they don't even have a projected date. They're just saying the closures continue. And they said they will basically adhere to California uh, laws. Well, how could you not? But anyway, you're not that happy that you can adhere to uh, laws. Of course, because Florida is <laughs> a lawless state where you can like wrestle alligators and no one, <laughs> it's that kind of, <laughs> 
that's how you, you guys roll in Florida. But anyway, so what do you guys think of an actual Disney heiress coming out against Disney reopening during the height of COVID? And also, she came out against lower taxes for rich people. She actually wants her taxes to go up. So she actually has always been for higher taxes for the wealthy. And this is something that she said in her interview. And a lot of people came to get her. I was so shocked by how many people came to get her for this. And the crazy thing is that there's a small segment of the U.S. population. And this is also true for the world population that holds most of the wealth of the world. Most of the wealth in the world is concentrated in very in very few people, relatively in numbers. And everybody who's not part of that segment of the population that's wealthy came for her like if like like if their taxes would ever be impacted i don't understand the thinking of okay, all no, these I can, people no, I, can, who are I, can, I can tell you i've actually heard some of these p- idiot i mean people um spouse <laughs> their ideas on this and they believe in the american dream that everybody can pull their bootstraps up and they can all one day be billionaires too and so you know what i say to you is once you become a billionaire then you fight the good fight to lower your taxes until then you fight the fight with the rest of us huddled masses yearning to breathe free and have a bank <laughs> account and say that no you if you were if you're worth billions of dollars you should be taxed at a higher rate you freaking idiots it, it's the same way it's, it's it's about branding also it's like how the republicans at one point it was a, there was a little thing called the estate tax and people in trailer parks were like well that has nothing to do with me and then they're like we need to rebrand this and republicans are like you know what let's call it the death tax and then people were like you know what i know people who've died and i might die one day that's not fair you need to die and be worth like several million dollars for it to even be a thing so keep calm cletus so what do you guys (laughs) think like cletus from the simpsons (laughs) 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 oh i love you oh Goodness, shall, shall, let, let me let me shed some light or, or or talk about this whole thing. I am. She's the only sane one here. Number one, I don't think you how you. I don't see how you can open to any reasonable degree an attraction or a group of attractions that attract people from all over the world. Where and and mix up all their. The, why don't you just go and eat a bowl of COVID porridge? Basically, if you're going to do that kind of thing, I think it's reckless. I think it's ridiculous. I think uh, obviously money is the overarching thing here. And if you can't find a way to pivot and to and it's Disney. Sure, the theme parks are one end of it, but they've also got a very successful and uh, television film end of it that could probably cover for all of this until everything starts to settle down a bit. I don't understand the rush to, of course, it's money, but I don't understand the rush to do this when you have other streams of income within Disney. Granted, they're not all the same, but I think you can make some concessions for, all right, this is something extraordinary. Let's shuffle some funding here until, you know, until XYZ, until the day we're able to reopen properly. Florida is, is I've never seen a state like this in my life. They're doing whatever the hell they like. Uh, you you are endangering everybody. And here's my thing. You're not just endangering your own. You're endangering me because all these people who then come down to South Florida or whatever, go and have the nerve to go to the same stores I do. That's the problem. So you're only thinking about yourself and not people. like. And then when it uh, when it goes, people like me, then when it comes to the, the taxes, absolutely. What I'm tired of is that those of us that are not in that 1% bracket, we're, we're footing your bill. We are paying for you. I pay 
pay more in taxes proportionately than you ever will. So how very dare you have a problem with any of it? You absolutely should pay more in taxes. And when I get to be in that bracket, I will pay more in taxes too. Because even if they, look, even if they charge you half of what you had, you would still be okay for generations. I'm done. Okay, one thing I want to I want to say before you chime in tone is to give you an idea of just how ridiculous what's happening in Florida is with Disney. Hong Kong Disneyland just announced that they're shutting down again. They had reopened and now because of the outbreak there and outbreak with employees, they've had to reshut the doors. There is no safe way to have a place like Disneyland. They're having it where they're they're doing staggered rows in the roller coaster where so it's like, "Oh, instead of every row, every other row" It's just like people are screaming and yelling. And yes, it's outside. They have rules for inside versus outside. No. Who's bringing their kids to Disneyland during this? You know who is? Chuck Willery's taking his grandkids there because he doesn't believe it's a real thing. Other than those people, I don't know who's going to an amusement park now. And as, as far as what Disney should be doing, they won't do this. But this is what you should be doing, Disney. You have all kinds of construction going on construction projects at all the different parks that have been paused or on hold all this time instead of opening up the doors you need to basically have all the rides go into refurbishment keep the park closed and you can have people working there doing social distancing and wearing masks and have those parks have all the new things done have everything together all the rides tested all the rides that are supposed to be rethemed or all the new rides the new lands completed and then when they're and when it's actually not a danger to people's health and lives you can open the door and there's all there's even more reason to come not only is it safe but there's a whole new lands to go explore at disney so get the work done because they always pull this crap at disney which i've never been cool with is when they'll actually close off certain attractions to refurbish them and they'll put up like a big picture of the attraction to cover up if they're working on it it's just like no work on it at night well if i paid you know like 200 to come to disneyland i want to ride everything so when i come in like <laughs> oh, i can only write some stuff because some stuff is being refurbished screw you you don't lower the t- you know, the ticket prices don't go down in january when you guys start working on everything the, t- the prices don't go they stay the same when you there's like eight or nine rides you can't ride so stay closed fix everything in california adventure complete marvel land that whole thing the marvel experience complete that in shanghai complete zootopia complete and in paris complete the frozen land complete everything and when every when covid has actually been beaten back completely we actually can safely go places then reopen up and we'll all be thrilled at all the shiny newness of all of disney take it tone I don't think there's anything left to say, Kevin. I, I think I, we, we, we wrote on this. We, we they, I, I think whoever doesn't agree at this point, they, they that's it. You're canceled. <laughs> All right. I'm canceling you. So let's move to our last story. Let's talk about Netflix. They keep their cards close to the vest. They don't really tell us about what their ratings are. We're always stunned when they announce that shows are canceled because we don't know how many people are watching what. But they have lifted up the curtain a little bit with a top 10 list of their highest rated original films. So let's start from the bottom and move up to the top. So the 10th most watched original Netflix film was The Perfect Date, 48 million views. Let's see, number nine was The Platform, 56 million. I haven't even heard of that one. Anyway, um, It's a horror movie. Uh, 56, so that means you've seen it. 56 million views. <laughs> Okay, and so number 
eight is The Wrong Missy. That got 59 million views. Then Triple Frontier, 63 million views. The Irishman, 64 million views. Murder Mystery, that starred Adam Sandler and Jennifer, the, Aniston. Jennifer Aniston. Thank you. I was like, I'm like, the Rachel. So uh, <laughs> Murder Mystery got 73 million views. Six Underground got 83 million views. Fencer Confidential, 85 million views. My personal fave, Bird Box, 89 million views. And number one, you got to give it up to Thor. He brought down the hammer with Extraction, 99 million, million views. views. So have you guys seen how many of the movies on this list have you actually seen? Are you one of the numbers of any of these? Because gotcha. for me, I'll, I'll jump in first because you guys are like insanely quiet. Let's see. For me, I've only seen Bird Box and Murder Mystery in this list. That's it? That's it. I've I seen saw none. all the all the wild little ones. <laughs> Which ones you saw, Taji? None. What? <laughs> you didn't see none of these movies, Taji? No, none of interested me. Sorry. Do you have Netflix? I sure do. Okay. What are you watching? <laughs> I, th- I thought these. I was bad only seeing two. I, I was gonna. I wanted to see Extraction, and the the perfect date is like that's just. I, I, even I can be shamed and like this is too teeny bopper for me. I just I'm embarrassed. I can't watch this teen movie. But uh, none of the other ones of uh, the ones I heard of, like The Irishman, I I. I can't watch any more Hitman anything. I can't watch Hitman dramas. I can't watch wacky Hitman comedies. Enough with the Hitmen. So um, like five hours long, Kevin. Yeah, oh, all <laughs> the more all the more reason not to watch it. But Bird Box, I'm looking forward to a Bird Box sequel. I need more birds. I need more boxes. So, um, Tone, <laughs> what have you seen on this list? Well, I saw the platform. It's a horror movie. It's it's a Spanish horror movie. So it's it's actually the it's actually the native language is Spanish, and it's subtitled. Uh, it's also dubbed if you want to watch it dubbed. But I just saw it without without the dub. And I think fifty six million views. Besides the fact that it's an excellent film and it's horror, it's in Spanish. So I think the fact that it, it was probably played in Spanish speaking countries as well. That's something that we have to take into account. That Netflix is a platform that's available. Uh, not just in America. So a lot of these movies get a lot of, they're not splitting up the views like what country saw what. So I think the platform benefited from the fact that uh, aside from being a very niche movie, which is horror, it also had a, a Spanish speaking, Spanish speaking countries watching it. I think what's, what's really interesting here is that Ben Affleck, not Ben Affleck, what am I to say? Is that um from, from murder mystery and from uh, Uncle gems, um, everybody's Adam uh, Sandler. Adam Sandler. He's having like a second life. I, I find he, I find it crazy that he found Murder Mystery was such a hit on Netflix. Like I'm really fascinated by that. Well, I, I think that they they were smart to even though I'm not normally an Adam Sandler fan, that he has a deep following. And to do a deal with Netflix, I think a lot of actors of a certain age, when you want to appeal to adults, not so much kids, Netflix is the place to go. And they were smart to do like a multi-film, multi-zillion dollar deal with him because apparently people tune into these movies starring him, even though it was horrible. I mean, I like the idea of it on paper and I love Jennifer Aniston. I'd watch her open a can of any brand of refried beans that isn't Goya. But anyway, um, (laughs) well, that movie was hella bad, but I've heard there might even actually be a sequel to that in the works. 
that's nice. All right. Well, oh, oh, all right. <laughs> so it's this. It's time for me to ask my co-host what was their favorite or least favorite thing about the week. I want to say that I was really excited to hear that after it's been such a long i call it like an ever never ending like covid summer and we're st- and we're still in the middle of this pandemic but being where new york city was four months ago they did over seventy two thousand tests in the state and yesterday they announced that only 0.99 percent of tests came back positive that's a little bit over 720 or so out of seventy two thousand. so yes it it's still long going, but New York City it has made vast improvements. People have social distance. They're wearing masks. I'm so proud of the people in New York State and all the healthcare workers and everybody who's really put a step forward to to help us and move forward. Like I'm really happy. And it was just it was it was just really good seeing that. We still unfortunately lost 10 souls um yesterday. And there's been there's over 22 deaths in the state total, which is crazy when you think 22,000 people uh passed away. It's like numerous 9-11s. So it's gotten to the point where we're so desensitized with the numbers. Over 127,000 Americans now have passed away from COVID. So it's still such a somber, big number. But there, but there's a little bit of sunlight, and I'm hoping that the rest of the country will follow follow suit with New York soon. <laughs> well, Florida won't be one of them. But anyway, so Tachi, what was your favorite or least favorite thing about the week? So I'm going to do one of each. Least favorite thing is living in a state full of fools. Hi, Florida. <laughs> um, <laughs> Right enough, Florida. They are. They are. They're foolish, and they're not trying. They just have not tried. And you know, in contrast to New York State, which is my home state. So, uh, but uh, the most favorite thing I think is the fact that Michelle Obama is going to have a new uh, podcast on Spotify. She don't need the. She don't need the sponsor. She don't. She don't need the, the extra propaganda, Tachi. <laughs> <laughs> I, well, I can't believe you came on our podcast, Tachi, to plug yeah, right, another Kevin. podcast. I can't believe it. Thanks a lot, this is Michelle, Michelle Obama. Obama. This is Michelle Obama. <laughs> she is the queen. Bow to the queen, okay? So I'm, I'm excited. Well, the, the reason I'm excited about it is because this just means that they are expanding. The Obamas are um, expanding their media empire, which I think is, is great. They're doing a great job with media, media bef- between, you know, the deal she has to do stuff on YouTube and now this thing with Spotify. And I th- so I think it's uh, I think it's great. That's one of my favorite things of the week. Yeah, that's great. All right. Um... Okay, that was not me, Michelle. <laughs> <laughs> we don't need more competition so <laughs> but you know what if you want to invite us to be on the show michelle we'd be happy we'd be on oh yeah she's happy. really gonna come now she's really gonna come now after you disparage her efforts well you know what just have tachi on the show so she can actually plug our shows on <laughs> I, I will not i will not <laughs> All right. So my favorite thing about the week is that as of this week, you can now hear Last Weekly on WJMS in a brand new time slot. Now you can hear uh, me and Tone and whoever yeah. and whoever else we trick, I mean, invite to join us huh. <laughs> at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time every Friday. Yeah, drive time, baby. You can let Jesus take the wheel as long as we're controlling the radio every Friday. <laughs> All right. So, no comments from the peanut gallery. All right. No, because I'm not trying Kevin. to get struck down. 
<laughs> there, right. There's a storm outside right now, and I, I, I'm not going to be struck down. Okay, well, all right. So we can't recap every story, <laughs> no matter how blasphemous. <laughs> we can't do them all. So if there's a story that you'd like to hear our take on, let us know. You can send us a voice message via the Anchor app, or you can reach out to us on social. We are Last Weekly on both Twitter and Instagram, and we would love to hear from you. Tone, how can people listen to our podcast other than how they're listening right now? Michelle Obama. Well, they can listen to us on Apple Podcasts. They can listen to us on Stitcher, Spotify. They can listen and watch on our YouTube channel. And they can definitely check us out on WJMS Radio every Sunday at 4.30 p.m. Eastern and 1.30 p.m. Pacific. And like you said, now every Friday, 11 a.m. and 8 a.m. Pacific. That's right, Kevin? Oh, that is so right. I am so excited about being drive time. It's it's my dream. It's Our radio, radio dreams are coming true, Tone. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right. I want to thank Tachi so much, our regular contributor, Chitachi Egwu, for being on the show. So, Tachi, tell everybody where else they can find you, what other shows you're on, and your social, everything. Once again, thank you guys for having me back. I really enjoy when I'm able to come on and uh, give my views on things, and thank you for listening. You can find me every Wednesday on Mediascope, which is a show all about media tech and pop culture. We are getting ready to celebrate our fifth anniversary on July 29th. So I'm really happy about that. You can find us on every major live stream. Podcast outlet. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, well, not, well, not podcast outlet. Every major live stream. We're on um, LinkedIn Live, on Periscope slash Twitter. Facebook also Live. Facebook Live. Yep. And WJMSRadio.com on, live on Wednesdays and then the replay on Friday at 2 p.m. Also, you can listen to me on with MC Curtis, my producer from Mediascope. And, and we're live and that's where we talk about using video and live stream for your business and beyond. That's every other Thursday on the same platforms plus YouTube. I am also one of the biz chicks and I happen to be on there almost every Friday and we talk about what happens in the week in media and social media and tech that's on Facebook Live, Periscope and Twitter. And then, of course, I am one half of the TV Twins, which is a little podcast we like to call, Kevin and I like to call TV channeling, where we talk, we do TV reviews and then talk TV, film, and entertainment news, every single major podcasting platform, plus WJMS Radio, 5 p.m. on Tuesdays and Fridays. And you can listen on tvchanneling.com as well. All right. Again, Tachi, we thank you so much. And sh- we love when you're on the show. Nobody, nobody rocks a soapbox like you. All right. I, I also want to thank you guys, all of you for listening. This is why we do it, because we could actually just talk on the phone to have a three way call. We could talk all night, but we do it here because we do it for you. And we appreciate you listening and we appreciate you following us on social. It means the world to Tone and I. So we want to thank you again and remind you to listen to the next episode of Last Weekly because the week doesn't the end. Week. Say it with me, co-host. Until, Until we, say, we so. Say, so. say so. Oh, Jesus. I got that was better. Uh, not even close. Not even close. Jesus needs to take, take the wheel from you guys. But anyway. <laughs> and give it to you? Nope. <laughs> Nope. <laughs> Stay safe, everyone. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.